TKM Incorporated in Moss, Tennessee is a construction company that specializes in erosion control, seeding, and soil, hydro seeding, hydro mulch, minor excavation, and silt fence. They also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their business is keeping people safe, but their passion, their mission, is they wish that all men could be saved. TKM has adopted the nickname, The King's Men, because as they serve you, they also serve the King. If they could provide any of their services for you, please contact them at 931-243-3958. That is 931-243-3958. Or you can contact them on the net at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. TKM Incorporated is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. SJL General Contractor specializes in asphalt, demolition, concrete finishing, and heavy hauling. This family owned business is licensed in Alabama and Tennessee. You can contact them for any of your construction needs, 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660 or three W's and a dot sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. I got invited to speak at a youth rally in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Now, I've been in Mountain Home, Arkansas several times. I had a friend that lived up there when I was in college, and I used to live in the little town of Salem, Arkansas, and I preached for the, the little church there on Highway uh, 64 or 62 in, in, in Salem, Arkansas. Well, they'd invited me back to come and speak at this weekend youth rally, and so uh, oftentimes when I travel, uh, I combine either traveling to speak and hunting or traveling to speak and climbing. And on this particular occasion, it was going to be a climbing trip. We had not really climbed in the Ozarks much. And there's this kind of best kept secret in Arkansas called Horseshoe Canyon Ranch. And Horseshoe Canyon Ranch is just that. It's a, a canyon that they... Uh, kept horses in and this young couple bought it and turned it into like a bed and breakfast with a horse ranch and some climbing and so both sides of this little canyon have sheer rock walls and uh, they'd had a professional route setter come in and set these routes and uh, i mean there's probably 200 routes to climb and you can climb you know on the east side or the west side of the canyon uh, everything that we climbed on this trip uh, was named, the routes were named after the Princess Bride. So, you know, we climbed Vesic and we climbed the, the Man in Black and we climbed several other routes and they all had titles that had to do with the, the movie uh, The Princess Bride. Well, when I say we, of course, I'm including Troy Farmer, the guy that I've climbed with for the last 20 something years. And so it was like, hey, Troy, you know, let's uh, let's make a climbing trip out of this. And so we'd gone up and we stayed in Jasper, Arkansas. And if you ever go to Jasper, Arkansas, you've got to eat at the little diner right there on the square. It's some of the best foods you can find. We ate there so many times that the lady gave us a pie. She says, you guys have eaten here you know, like four times in the last two days. And so, you know, here, I want you to have one of my special homemade pies. But we, we finished climbing at Horseshoe Canyon Ranch, and we drive on over into uh, Mountain Home, Arkansas. Now, now Troy is, is an adult male. Uh, he's a bachelor. 
And so he really didn't have a lot of a need to attend a youth rally. And he hears me speak and he's heard me speak and we have lots of Bible discussions. So, you know, for him to attend a youth rally is just kind of awkward for him. And so a lot of times, you know, he'll drop me off at the places I'm speaking and he'll go maintain climbing gear. He'll go look at gun shops or, or whatever. And, you know, he's not really there for to, to be at the youth rally. Well, it turns out that this youth rally uh, had, had decided that on Friday night they're going to meet at this park. And in, in around the mountain home area, you've got access to Bull Shoals Lake. And so they wanted to go on Friday afternoon or Friday evening. And all the kids come out there and they're going to serve, you know, dinner on the ground. And we're going to have a devotional there by the lake. And then they wanted me to speak. And so that that was the plan. I told Troy, I said, hey, look, we'll drive up here to, to where the, the kids are going to meet. And you drop me off and go do your thing. And, and you know, probably be about a two-hour event. They're going to have food. They're going to have games. They're going to sing. And then I'm supposed to speak. And then about two hours, you know, come up here and get me. And so sure enough, he drops me off. And, I, you know, I hang out with the people from the church and I visit with the kids. And we eat. And then we do the little singing thing. And then, you know, they – and, and you know, I don't always get thrilled about speaking outside. Uh, I like a good mic system so I don't have to yell and scream. You know, I'm getting old. My voice is getting tired. Uh, and so I don't like to be outside in a venue where I don't have, you know, amplified voice. But people like the idea of, hey, you want you to speak at a bonfire. Hey, I want you to speak at the lake. And so here I stand with my back to the lake and the kids are sitting around in a semicircle facing the lake. And it's not like you don't have any distractions. There's boats, there's skiers, there's fishermen, there's eagles. There's all kinds of things going on. And, you know, you're <laughs> trying to deliver a lesson and hold everybody's attention. Well, anyway, we get through the thing. And uh, I get through speaking and I'm visiting and talking to some folks. And there's people I know there from the area and people that I used to know from the area. And then people start getting in their cars and the youth groups get on their vans and the youth groups get on their buses. And one by one, the vehicles start, you know, kind of pulling out. And in just a few minutes, the thing is empty. And there I stand beside this lake in the mountains of Arkansas. And I am by myself. Well, I walk over to where the dam is and, you know, look over and can see the river flowing out from under it. And I've done some trout fishing in that actual spot there below the dam with some guys. And, uh, you know, Troy's not there. So I kind of prowl around and I look at the lake and I skip a few rocks and it starts getting darker. And uh, I'm kind of prowling around and all of a sudden it is pitch black dark. And I'm the only dude here. I mean, I'm the last man standing, and it is pitch black dark, and I'm basically at the top of the dam in Bull Shoals, Arkansas, and so I just find me a big piece of concrete that's attached to the dam. Now, this is not, you know, going out over where you can fall to your death, but it's part of the dam uh, structure. It's part of the, the concrete, and I climb up on this thing, and I lay my Bible down, and I lean back, put my head on my Bible, and I start staring at the stars, and I fall asleep. <laughs> so I'm sitting on top of Bull Shoals Dam and I'm taking a nap, waiting on Troy to come and find me. Now, I am so unconcerned that he's going to come get me that I can take a nap. I mean, I just lay back and because unless he's dead, he, he's going to come get me. I mean, that's, that's the kind of friend he is. That's the kind of friendship we have. That's the kind of loyalty he has. And, and, and you know, that's his job. He, he's going to come back and get me. And, and it's, I'm not worried about if he's going to be there. 
I'm just waiting on when he's going to be there. Well, sure enough, you know, about an hour and a half into this little adventure, he shows up and he's hopping mad. You know, the the GPS uh, has basically lied to him and taken him all over the place. Uh, you know, he he describes where he was as being on a goat trail where they sell meth out of shotgun houses. Uh, he says, you wouldn't believe the kind of hillbilly stuff I've run into up here. He said he was so far out in the woods, the, the, the Presbyterians were handling snakes. But anyway, he was mad at the GPS. But eventually he found me. And like I say, I was unconcerned as to whether or not he was going to be there. It wasn't a matter of if he was going to be there. Just a matter of when he was going to be there. Now, I'll tell you that story because it talks about hope. I'm going to tell you another story that, that talks about endurance. Now, I'm using the word endurance accommodatively. I'm not a long-distance runner. Uh, you know, my running is, is, is NVF squared. NVF. Not very far, not very fast. But I have tried to run some. And, and this was early in my running career, and I had started, you know, working out with SWAT and was trying to run and keep up with them. And uh, so I had bought a treadmill and uh, had made the promise to Jackie that, hey, I've spent this money that we really didn't have to buy this little treadmill. It was a Nordic track, and you had to stand on it and generate your own power. It didn't even have an engine. It was you know, one of those things that really made you work. It was not the easy man's version of a treadmill. And I said, look, since I spent the money on this thing, I'm going to run on it, and I'm going to run on it five out of every seven days till it's paid for. And I'm either going to be on the treadmill or I'm going to be on the road. And so I was running five out of seven days a week. And if I ran on the road, I ran for about 30 minutes. And if I ran on the treadmill, I was going to run for about 45. And, and I made this commitment. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this from the early spring all the way through the early fall. And I've run five out of every seven days. And I'd got to where I was running pretty regularly. And, again, I'm not a high-mileage runner. I'm not a true endurance runner. Trust me, I've got buddies who run marathons. I've got buddies who run ultra marathons. Uh, but for me, it was, it was, it was running. And, and so one afternoon I just told Jackie, I said, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm tired of running out and then running back. So what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm just going to start running. Um, I'm going to leave here. I'm going to, we live on Stacy circle. I'm going to run in the Stacy circle. Stacy circle runs into Doug Hill road. I'm going to turn left on Doug Hill. I'm going to go all the way to highway 72. And then I'm going to turn left on 72 and head east. And Hey, give me. 30, 35 minutes and just come pick me up. I, I don't want to turn around. I just want to run. I just want to run in kind of a straight line, although I was making a lot of turns. I just didn't want to run out and run back. I don't know what possessed me to do that. I said, but, you know, just come get me in a few minutes. And so I take off running. And I'm running. And I'm running. And from Stacy's, the house on Stacy Circle to the Flint River Bridge is 3.8 miles. Well, that's a little further than I normally run. I usually run three, 3.2 miles, you know, just to get like in a little 30-minute run or whatever. Well, I'm, I'm way past what I think is, is reasonable and normal, and I'm, I'm, I'm running over the Flint River Bridge, and that's 3.8 miles. And I keep running, and I'm still running. And, and, and at this point now, it, it's going to be one of those things I refuse to stop. I'm going to run until she picks me up. Now, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happened. I don't know if we miscommunicated on what time I left or what time I was supposed to be there. And the other thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to look back. 
I'm not going to be running along and then stop and turn around and see if I can see the, her car coming. I'm just going to run till she runs by me and then stops, and I'm going to run to that car, and she's going to pick me up. Well, I run, and, and, and I think I ended up running a little more than an hour, maybe an hour, 15 minutes, and finally she comes back flying by me in her little car and she pulls over to the side of the road and she gets out and she got this funny little look on her face and she's like i'm i'm, I'm so sorry my, my mom called right when you left my mom called and, and, and i got busy talking to her and and we just kind of got involved in this conversation and and when we hung up i was like okay jones jones jonesy i'm off the phone jo oh no He's running. And so she jumped in the car and desperately came driving down the highway to look at me or to look for me. And she finally found me. And I'd been running, you know, like an hour and 15 minutes, maybe an hour and a half. But I had chosen to run until she came to get me. And I guess for whatever dumb reason, that's stuck in my head that I can't stop till she gets here. It's not like I couldn't just start walking and, and, and walk until she comes and gets me. But it was this concept of endurance. And it's not, you know, I wasn't running a marathon and I didn't do 10 miles or anything, but it was just this idea, can I run till she gets here? Can I run till she shows up? And so with those two stories in mind, you think about endurance and you think about hope. Endurance is 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 from a word that means to to it's similar to patience. It's the ability to deal with pain. It's the ability to bear up under a load. Uh, long distance runners, and I'm not a long distance runner, but I know some. And, and long distance runners don't run because they can run these long distances and it not hurt. Long distance runners run long distances even though it does hurt. And endurance is the ability to run in spite of the discomfort. It's the ability to run in spite of the pain. It's, in, it's the ability to run regardless of the circumstances that you're in. And then hope. Hope is that earnest expectation, especially biblical hope. It's that idea, not if, but when. It's not a hope God does something. It's not a hope that God finds an answer. It's not a hope that God intervenes. It's God's going to do something. God's going to, to fulfill His promises. God's going to take care of, of the earthly situations. And now, it, it, it doesn't mean it won't get dark. It, it doesn't mean you won't feel lonely. It doesn't mean it won't look like you're deserted. But it means you can lay your head on your Bible and you can rest because what God has said he'll do, he'll do. And hope is not wishing for something to happen. Hope is expecting something to happen. And now you, you combine that idea of hope and you marry it or you, you combine it with endurance. In, in the same way that I knew Troy was going to pick me up on, on top of the dam, I knew that at some point Jackie was going to remember that I was running and she was going to come find me. Now, I didn't know if she was going to have to rent a car or, or, or hire a taxi. I didn't know if she'd had car trouble or a flat tire. I didn't know if she'd forgotten about it. But I had decided that she was going to come pick me up and that I would run until she came and picked me up. And, and, 
her coming to pick me up would be the finish line. I, I wasn't going to run to the school. I wasn't going to run to, to Woodville. I was going to run till she came and got me. And, and I really didn't know how far that was going to be. I didn't know how long it was going to be. I didn't know how hot it was going to be. I didn't know how tired I was going to be. I didn't know how bad I would hurt. But I just knew I wasn't going to stop till I was through. And I would be through when she came and got me. And so if you take those two stories and you understand the concept of hope and you understand the concept of endurance, what you'll find out is that, that no matter what you're going through, no matter, no matter what you're waiting on, no matter what you're running for, you're running this race. And, and the race has an end. I mean, we're, we're not... You know, I, the same thing I knew about being on top of the dam at Bull Shoals. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to stay there forever. I, I knew I might be there longer than I wanted to be. Uh, I, I knew that it might get dark and it might get lonely. And I, I knew it might even get scary up there for a little bit. But I knew I wasn't going to be there forever. And no circumstance that we encounter, nothing that we are involved in is on this side of things is, is going to be forever. And, and so you just relax and you rest in the hope. Hey, that at some point the guy who promised to come get me is coming back. And, and, and the same thing with endurance. It, it, it's long, it's hot. I'm tired. It hurts. I don't always feel like running. It's painful. I can't see the end in sight, but I'm just going to run. And I'm going to keep running until they come pick me up. And so in circumstances that are difficult and in circumstances that require endurance, the only way to really have endurance is, is, is to marry it or combine it with hope. Not if, but when. And so when you ask somebody, hey, how, how, do, you, how do you operate with, with this patience, this Christian patience? How do you operate with this spiritual discipline of endurance? How, how do you deal with perseverance? I, I think the answer to that is in these two stories, that in the end, our ability to endure is matched or married with, with our ability to hope. And hope is not wishing for something, but hoping is expecting something. And so spiritual survival, emotional survival, and psychological survival is endurance fueled by hope. Using the tool of shortwave radio, World Christian Broadcasting literally covers the world every day with the gospel. They use two large curtain antennas. One is located in Anchor Point, Alaska, and the other in Madagascar. They send out messages that are recorded at their international home in Franklin, Tennessee. They make available 40 hours of broadcast every day. The broadcasts are made in English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, Korean, English for Africa, and Arabic. They would love for your group to visit them you can bring your ladies' group, your youth group, or your men's group. Just give them a call at 615-371-8707.
615-371-8707 or you can go to three w's and a dot worldchristian.org find the donate here button and make a financial contribution to support this work that literally covers the world every day with the gospel world christian broadcasting in cooperation with keeping up with jones the lonnie jones podcast adventure Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive spiritual development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem. Grappling with life, controlling your inside space a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots, Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. Mm -hmm.